Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison that what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who has come? Are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with skin disease are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go to the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal places. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The word of the Lord. So today is the third Sunday of Advent. And I am thinking, it's the third Sunday of Advent already? How has it gone by so fast? Maybe some of you agree and you're thinking, I am not ready. And oh my gosh, it's the third Sunday. There might be others among us, maybe younger people, who are thinking, it's only the third Sunday of Advent? Will this month ever be finished? We are all going through the same December. Same number of days, same 24 hours in each day, and we experience it differently. It's kind of that way with God. It's the same God with each one of us, and yet we experience God differently. And in fact, the same signs have been given. Lynette talked about the signs that that Jesus had been doing. The same signs are given and shown to us, but we see them differently. In today's gospel, John the Baptist is in prison. This is an icon painting of John the Baptist, and icon paintings are very symbolic. Now, John had not committed any crime. What John had done was he had spoken truth to power. He had named some immoral behavior of King Herod, Herod Antipas. This is, this Herod is the son of the King Herod when Jesus was born, the one who killed all the baby boys trying to get rid of Jesus. So this is his son. And he had thrown John into prison. Now John was a textbook prophet. He looked the part. He was pretty scruffy. He acted the part. He lived out in the wilderness. He was totally dedicated to God, even to the point of martyrdom. And in fact, we have independent corroboration that John had a large following because the Greek historian Josephus mentioned John as a leader of a movement in Judaism. So John was a prophet with one important addition. The prophets, as we know, hear a message from God, give that message to the people, 
Almost always, it's a repent and turn back to God. And then John had one additional message. Watch for the one who is to come. And John gave that message with such passion and such persistence that that it sounds like John knew exactly what to look for. But today's gospel helps us see that John was a lot like us. He really wasn't sure. So he sent, he sent, message, he sent his own disciples to say, Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one? Now, Jesus could have just said, yes, I am the son of God. I am the Christ. I'm the one you've been watching for. Follow me. And then John's acceptance would have been, you know, a good test of obedience. But that's not what Jesus does. Instead, Jesus names the signs and then lets John come to his own conclusion. Now, hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Isaiah had named the signs of this of this servant of God. And and this is exactly what Jesus has been doing. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with skin diseased are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus had been doing all of these things. And some saw them as signs that he was the Christ. But it turns out that the way we see matters more than what we see. Just a few verses later in chapter 11, Jesus points this out. He said, as he's, you know, having a little verbal battle with um, some Henri folks, he said, John came neither eating nor drinking. You said he had a demon. The son of man comes eating and drinking. And you say that he's a glutton and a drunkard and he hangs out with tax collectors and sinners. The way we see matters more than what we see. And it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky part of faith because God will not demand belief from you or faith from you or even obedience from you. God just shows you and lets your seeing matter. And I think we tend to see things that line up with our own expectations. When John asked, are you the one to come? What we don't know is if John was hopeful or if he was hesitant or if he was exasperated. Because John's message was really one of judgment and repentance. So he was probably looking for a Messiah who came with judgment. Because sometimes don't we all? Dramatic pause. Sometimes aren't we all looking for a Messiah of judgment? That's a John the Baptist message right there. 
Of course, John also had the repentance part. And maybe John was exasperated because he might have been thinking, when does the judgment begin? When are the mighty cast down from their thrones? Because I'm sitting in prison and Herod is still on the throne and we all know nobody leaves Herod's prisons alive. So maybe Jesus was, or John was a little exasperated. Jesus had been doing miracles, miracles of healing, miracles of lifting up the lowly and the poor and the undeserving, of feeding people and setting people free. And these were miracles, and people saw them, but they saw them differently. Because the way we see matters more than what we see. It led some to discipleship, and it led others to opposition. Do we believe when we see signs from God, even miracles? I used to think, Lord, I, if you could just show me a miracle, then I would be sure about you. I wanted God to do the changing, not me. And over the years, I've discovered... <clears throat> that we're the ones that need to do the changing. At a previous church I served, there was this wonderful old lady in her late 80s. Um, and she was just such a joyful, friendly presence. And this church did a weekly uh, free meal that quite a few folks um, in the neighborhood would come to. And she was the one who sat at the door and welcomed people and hit the counter when they walked in. And she was artistic um, and just a lovely human being to be around and, like many people in their late 80s, really struggled with having the energy to go out and do things. So one Sunday I preached about the Holy Spirit and afterwards she came to me and she said, you know, I just don't know as I believe in the Holy Spirit. I said, well, okay, um, Maybe pray about it and, you know, think about it. See where that leads you. The next week, she came to me and she says, I have to tell you what happened. She said, I went home and I, you know, just was thinking about Holy Spirit in the back of my head and praying about it. And I went to bed and in the morning I woke up and there was this figure next to me beside the bed. And the figure was you know, kind of misty like a fog and standing over me. And this figure said, who exactly do you think gives you the energy to get up and do anything? <laughs> she goes, I think it might have been the Holy Spirit. <laughs> About a year later, I was talking to her and I mentioned that story and she didn't remember it. Now, maybe it was dementia, but you know what? I think that we've all seen miracles. I know that I have seen miracles, even recognized things as miracles. But later they fade because our way of seeing hasn't changed that much. It seems like God's miracles never quite line up with what we expect. 
and we get exasperated like John. It seems to me that much of the spiritual journey is every day recalibrating what we want God to be with what God really is. Because we want God on the throne, not with the poor. We want to find God hanging out with the important people, not hanging out with the homeless. We want discipleship to be upwardly mobile, not a life of downwardly mobile. And Jesus gives us signs and then lets our experience, lets our seeing come to the conclusion. And so many of Jesus' teachings and signs were about paradox. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Whoever wants to be the greatest among you must be the servant of all. The kingdom of heaven is now and not yet. And this week we're looking at an Advent paradox. Last week we talked about spending less, and this week we're going to talk about giving more. Spending less was about resisting that that hyper-consumerism that is all around us. It's about recognizing that we have deep longing, and that longing, rather than pushing us into buying, can push us to closeness with God. Well, now let's talk about giving more. Giving more of ourselves. Giving more of our time, our energy, our memories, our presence. About giving more of ourselves to those around us. And this simple direction is following God's example. Because when God wanted to give us God's very best, when God wanted to give us the very best God had to offer, God came to us born as a baby into third world poverty. And that has always been God's very best. And it is actually the very best that any one of us has to offer. Can you imagine that the very best you have to give is yourself? Not your stuff, not your money, not your accomplishments or your status or your occupation or your influence or your labor or your knowledge or your expertise. Those are all good and wonderful things to give. But the very best that you have to give is just you, just yourself, just you, created in the image and likeness of God. And so we give intentionally. We give more love. We give more vulnerability that Um, that vulnerability that allows people to love the real us. So this week, risk giving more of yourself. And you may discover that in the giving, your sight changes. 
and that you notice God's best gift is actually all around you. And there are signs all around that Jesus really is the one that we have been waiting for. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.